to another episode of Preferred Walk-On PFF's College Football Show. I'm your host, Max Chadwick, alongside my co-host, Dalton Wasserman. Now, we have a pretty special episode that we got here today, Dalton. Obviously, the uh, NFL draft declaration deadline was this past Monday. So instead of kind of talking about the guys who did declare for the draft, we're going to talk about the best players who declined the NFL draft and are coming back to school next season, uh, in addition to some other stuff that we're talking about now. But, man, Dawn, it's good to talk to you again, man. We talked about the Nick Saban episode uh, last week, kind of took the rest of the week off, but now we're kind of really in the off-season grind now, dude. So I'm excited to uh, get into some stuff with you. Uh, honestly, I think it's more than a grind this year. It feels like it's completely off the rails, right? Yeah. I think I think most other years we kind of get to the title game and we kind of hit the brakes and we're like, okay. And then, you know, then, then there was National Signing Day used to be like the big day in between the end of the year and the draft. Now it just feels like the second the title game ended, everything went completely off the rails. Saban, DeBoer, now Jed Fish going to Washington yep. now, the Harbaugh situation, the draft declarations, the – the transfer portal and guys flipping commitments and all I it it feels like you know maybe a lot of these coaches that say it are right and college football is just a, a, a roller coaster more than ever even in the offseason maybe even more than in season at least in season there's a routine of like okay there's games every Saturday and then some things maybe happen in between but like we're focused on winning and losing it's uh it's it's a wild ride right it, it doesn't it feel like it's been a lot more than nine days since the title game Oh my gosh, it does feel like that, absolutely. And I remember, uh, so we put out, obviously, our way too early top 25 that we recorded for the national championship game. I'm telling you guys right now, if you're watching that back right now and commenting on it and calling us idiots, I don't blame you because Dolan and I are going to be putting out an updated one in about a few weeks because there are so many things that happen that will drastically change those rankings, man, including one of the things that just happened this morning, maybe the biggest entry into the transfer portal Alabama safety Caleb Downs has officially entered the transfer portal. True freshman for Alabama this year. The highest rated safety recruit since Derwin James, I believe in 2018 or something like that. Or 2015 might have been. Um, he proved why he was the highest rated safety recruit in about a decade with what he did this year. He was an All-American for us this year. First team All-American as a true freshman. Um, 88.9 coverage grade. That was fourth among FBS safeties. Top 10 overall grade as well. And another thing that makes him very valuable in the transfer portal, Dalton, you have to play at least two more years of college football because obviously only a true freshman this year. So I think he's probably the best safety in the country heading into next season. Now he's entering the transfer portal. This is a massive, massive addition to the portal. Yeah, I agree. And his emergence on the back end for them, when you talk about they lost Brian Branch and the lost Jordan Battle to the NFL, there was a real question about what was going on with Alabama at safety. And he just he just glued the whole thing together. He, he was, yeah. I think, he, considering the the opposition, the SEC having to step in for Alabama, I think he was the best safety in the country. Um, and, and I believe he led them in snaps played. He was durable as a freshman. He just executed at such a high level. I, I, I it, it was unbelievable to me. He's the reason you knew you had McKinstry and Arnold stepped up, but he's the reason that that I, that Alabama is maybe the best was maybe the best or one of at least the two best secondaries in the country along with Michigan. Um, I think you could make an argument, even though we've seen like Dylan Gabriel and Quinshawn Judkins and a lot of really really good players going to the portal. You could make an argument that Caleb Downs is the single best player, especially with getting two years of him. That is that has entered the transfer portal this offseason at any position. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's kind of really two schools that have kind of emerged as the favorites for Caleb Downs right now. One of them is Ohio State. Now, there were uh, stories written in the last couple of weeks or so before Caleb Downs entered the transfer portal that he started following a bunch of Ohio State players and, and coaches, and they followed him back. And people were kind of speculating then as like, okay, Nick Saban's gone. Does that mean Caleb Downs is going to enter the portal? So now that he is in the portal, Ohio State obviously is one of those schools to keep an eye on with Caleb Downs obviously following all those players and those players all following him. I love uh, the social media stories that you get just from players following each other. It's always so funny to me. But the other school I want to bring up with him is, is Georgia who just hired Alabama's uh, secondary coach, Travaris Robertson, Ro uh, Travaris Robinson, excuse me. They hired him as the co-defensive coordinator at Georgia. So if Downs had a close relationship with Robinson, he could go to Georgia and form one of the best safety duos maybe we've ever seen with Malachi Starks, man. Oh my gosh, that'd be disgusting uh, with him. But yeah, I, I think those are the two schools that kind of I think are the favorites for him right now. And uh, out of those two schools, which one do you think is like a better fit for, for Caleb Downs? 
Um, I, I think I I don't think fit matters for Caleb Downs. Yeah. I think you put him on any team in the country, and he and he's immediately the star. But just just I I think I'm with you. The idea the idea of seeing him play a whole maybe even two seasons together with Starks. Um, I I don't even know at that point what you would do to to make big plays against Georgia. I mean, if if we ever you're talking about probably the two best safeties in the country playing side by side. I mean, mm-hmm. I I. I would not know how how to go about attacking Georgia if they had both of those guys. But I, I don't I don't think um, it sounds funny. I, I don't think there's like oh a fit. You move you move things out of the way to get Caleb Downs yep. into your lineup. I, I don't I don't think I don't think that he could walk into he could walk into any school in the country and go hey I'm coming here and you immediately okay you're in that's it you're free safety one boom lock it in we're good our secondary is immediately an elite unit with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. And also Ohio State too. Lathan Ransom announced that he's coming back to Ohio State. So even if he goes to Ohio State, it's still be a really lethal safety duo with him. And they have Sonny Styles as well. Sonny Styles is like a top 10 recruit coming out of high school. He plays safety for them now as well. So if he goes to either of those places, it would still be a very, very good duo and probably the best duo in the country, mainly because of Caleb Downs. Man, if he goes to Georgia, Malachi Starks is probably going to be the top safety in next year's draft. Caleb Downs is going to be the top safety in the 2026 NFL draft. Like, you got the, the best safety in the next two drafts. Man, that would be disgusting. Uh, let's talk about Alabama for a second, though, Dolan. So, Alabama, obviously losing Nick Saban, who retired. Kalen DeBoer hired as head coach, who I think you and I both agree is a fantastic hire. But they're bleeding right now, man. A lot of their top players are ending the transfer portal or ending the NFL draft. Um, really, I saw a stat that they had 17 players who graded out at a 70 or above for us this year, who played a lot, a good amount of snaps. 13 of them are gone, either in the portal, transferred away, or in the NFL draft. Uh, and I believe all eight, besides Jalen Morrow with an 80-plus grade, um, are gone as well. So they're losing a lot. Another one that, that just dropped literally like – 20 minutes ago, uh, Caden Proctor, the true freshman left tackle, who was the number one offensive tackle coming out of high school, had some bumps along the way. But then again, true freshman left tackle in the SEC, if you're playing at all, that should be seen as, as a success. Uh, he kind of picked it up at the end of the year. Now he's in the portal as well. Uh, Isaiah Bond transferred away. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks transferred away as well. Des Ricks, a five-star true freshman corner, he transferred to Texas A&M. Um, they're losing a lot right now in the portal, and it's kind of going to be interesting to see what Kalen DeBoer does to make up for all these losses yeah no i it's it's i think it's the challenge now with the portal of going to any any coach going to any new team you know i think the suspense is two things who's he bringing with him from the old school i know jabbar muhammad's on the list that that it could be possible they could bring him in but but who's who's gonna stick around i think we realize now how many kids really um really go to a certain school for the head coach and that relationship that they build and obviously None of these guys have that with Kalen DeBoer. Um, the big suspense one to me is is Milrow. Is Jalen Milrow going to stick around? Because I think Milrow and DeBoer and Ryan Grubb's system would be a great, great fit. Yeah, It would be a lot easier if they know for a fact that Milrow is staying. It would be a lot easier for them to build around him as opposed to ha- having to find a quarterback and replace all the receivers and replace, what, three of your starting offensive linemen. It's right. No, Kalen DeBoer really... He's got a lot of work in front of him. I, I think I think it's harder than ever to, or maybe it isn't. I mean, I, I'm sure some coaches would would actually debate about this because in the old days, without the portal, you would go. A lot of coaches had to wait a year or two for just all of the old regime to just graduate. Maybe now at a school like Alabama, who's always top five, maybe you want to keep some of those talented guys that Saban had. But there's, you know, I I would bet there's some coaches that find a pro and con to both sides of it. Um, but this was bound to happen. I mean. It was highly, highly unlikely that DeBoer was going to walk in there and all of Saban's crew just said, oh, yeah, we're good. We're just going to stick around. It's cool. Like, for as respected as Kalen DeBoer is, he's still not Nick Saban, right? No. So I, I think um, this this is going to take time. And I know Alabama fans don't always have the most patience considering the standard, but I think this is going to take some some patience. I mean, this is why, right? Like, you know, you mentioned it, I think, when we did the Saban episode was – being the guy to take over right after Saban for various reasons is going to be the hardest job in the country. Yeah. You know, and, I, and do I think DeBoer could very well be up for it? Absolutely. I think it's an A plus hire, mm-hmm. all things considered. But it's going to take some time to get just to just reestablish the talent level. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think 
you mentioned it. What is it? How many years out of 17 did Saban have a top two class? I, I don't know that DeBoer can do that. Right. Yeah, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to do that. Honestly, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why Alabama's been so successful. Obviously, Nick Saban and his coaching staff have done a terrific job coaching them up. But they brought in a top two class. I think in sixteen out of seventeen of the last classes. I mean, it's ridiculous what Alabama's done in recruiting. Kalen DeBoer didn't really do that at Washington. Now, granted, Washington's a much tougher place to recruit out than Alabama, so maybe he will just pick it up immediately. And um, a lot of the top Alabama, there are a lot of Alabama recruits that are decommitting right now, but he is bringing in still a lot of you know good recruits that are staying committed to Alabama, even with Nick Saban gone. But yeah, it's interesting now just to see all these guys entering the transfer portal. And thankfully, as of right now, Jalen Moreau is not. I think that's the most important piece. But the next most important piece, I think, to keep is Caleb Downs. And you just lost him. You lost your left tackle, Caden Proctor. Uh, you mentioned Seth McLaughlin, their center, who just transferred to Ohio State. Um, they're losing a lot of talent right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what DeBoer does to make up for that. And honestly, you look at what Washington had talent-wise in terms of how they were recruited coming out of high school. It went to the national championship game, even with you know a roster that wasn't thought of to be a national championship contender roster. So DeBoer is known as a great coach first, not a great recruiter. Um, but I think if he can combine recruiting and coaching together, I mean he, that would be the the story. And why Nick Saban was so successful is that he did both at a really high level. I don't know if DeBoer will reach that level, but he, I think he could be at a super high level as well. So it's gonna be interesting to see what Alabama does. But yeah, it is a little concerning right now for Crimson Tide fans when all these guys are entering the portal that you thought would be the future. Uh, of your program all right let's get into the uh the meat and potatoes of the show now Dawn, which is the best prospect at every position who did not enter the nfl draft so obviously a lot of guys like caleb williams who went down to the wire by the way his last day of, uh, of being able to declare a lot like cj stroud did where everyone thought wait is caleb actually gonna come back he's not going he's going to the nfl draft he's not doing that uh marvin harrison jr guys like that we know they're in the nfl draft but we wanted to talk about the guys who aren't in the nfl draft who are coming back and we think probably are the best prospects that turned it down now i do want to say this as well um, for receiver, we're not going to do Luther Burden because he couldn't declare for the 2024 NFL Draft. Now, we'll talk about Luther Burden a lot more in our top 10 receivers, 2025 NFL Draft mock draft. We'll do all that too. But this is just the kind of the guys who turned down the NFL in order to uh, come back to college football next year. So let's start off with quarterback. Uh, a lot to choose from, honestly. A lot of really good quarterbacks that are coming back to turn down the draft. But I think uh, we would be remiss, Dolan, to not bring up Carson Beck, the Georgia quarterback who was simply phenomenal this season. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, you watch him, and it's it's the biggest uh, – to me, it was the, one of the biggest surprises in the country. I think we figured, okay, Carson Beck could come in there and manage the offense and be – no, he was legitimately one of the five or six best quarterbacks yeah. in the country. I, I think I think you you watch him, and, and I think as we got into, especially like later in the year, the Kentucky game, the Tennessee game, and I just watch him, I go, yeah, he looks like an NFL quarterback. It, it just, just looks like the, – the accuracy is incredible – throwing down the field when it was kind of thought that they were a work in progress ish kind of thing at receiver. And they were, and they were built around Brock Bowers. And I think especially the work that he did with Brock Bowers, those was it three games that he missed. I mean, yeah. just, just incredible. I, you could, you could honestly, I think other than Bowers, you could honestly say that Beck was Georgia's best offensive player this year. Um, and, and I think his skill set gives them such a high floor. I mean, again, with even this year with Georgia and they're coming back, we had them ranked number one in our rankings. And to be honest, I don't think that changes. And that's a you know in large part because Carson Beck came back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that's the biggest reason why is that he's coming back. And you can make the argument. I probably would make the argument that he is the number one quarterback in college football heading into next year and you could even make the argument too he might be the top quarterback prospect in the 2025 nfl draft i think that's a big reason why he came back because i think trevor before beck de uh, de uh, decided to come back trevor sikama had him i think as a second round pick like a top 45 ish prospect so that would have been uh, enough for a lot of other guys he is coming back and hopefully he's hoping to maybe be the number one overall pick in next year's draft which i think has a, a case for him now um, 91.6 passing grade this year, 90 or excuse me, 90.9 passing grade, 91.6 overall grade. Only Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix had higher grades this year than uh, than Carson Beck in those aspects. Um, really quick decision maker, accurate to all levels of the field, 80.6% adjusted completion rate. That only trailed Bo Nix among Power Five quarterbacks. So. Like I said, he likely would have been a second-round pick this year, 
but he's definitely uh, going to be in the running for the top quarterback in next year's draft as well. Some other guys that I wanted to shout out, Quinn Ewers coming back to school as well from Texas. Um, that's a big one. Dylan Gabriel, maybe not a big NFL prospect, but one of the best quarterbacks in college football for sure, uh, going to Oregon now from Oklahoma. Jalen Moreau, we brought him up before. He's coming back to Alabama, at least for now. Uh, and then Jackson Dart from Ole Miss is another guy I want to bring up too, who decided to go back uh, to Mississippi. So, a lot of good quarterbacks that are going back to school. Obviously, a lot of them that are entering the NFL draft, but it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, quarterback position looks like next year. Uh, running back was pretty tough, man, because there were a couple guys or a few guys that we could really go with here, but uh, I, I at least went with Travion Henderson. I don't know if you disagree with me on this, but I, I think Travion Henderson is probably the best running back prospect who declined the NFL draft. You see right there, he's fourth in rushing yards in the Big Ten this year, fourth in yards after contact best receiving grade in the Big Ten, uh, had an unreal true freshman season, dealt with injuries a lot last year, even dealt with injuries a little bit this year as well. Um, but he was a really, really – he bounced back in a big way as a junior, um, and he's a home run threat every time he, he touches the ball. And as you saw, he's a very capable receiver as well. Quinshawn Judkins transferring into Ohio State. They got the best backfield in the country, in my opinion, now with Judkins and Trayvon Henderson. But Judkins was not eligible for this year's draft, so we didn't put him on here. But Trayvon Henderson, the fact that he declined the NFL draft to go back for his senior year is a big, big get for the uh, the Buckeyes. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think that's that what you said right there about best backfield in the country. Absolutely, those those are two, two if if maybe the two, but probably two of the top five backs in the country. I yeah. would say. And Henderson, I know Marvin Harrison got all got all the spotlight, but there was a lot of times last year when Henderson was the guy that really was the engine and, and bailed them out. I think about the Notre Dame game. I think about I believe when they were struggling in the Rutgers game, he was really the one that kept them going. He a big physical runner, one cut runner can explode out of the hole and score a sixty yard touchdown anytime you need him to. Um, ha having him and Judkins on the same team doesn't feel fair, and I think yeah. there's a very clear plan here for Ryan Day. I think he's going to continue to want to be as physical offensively as Michigan. I, I think there's a change from the high flying Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud sort of offense to where now you've got in the backfield. Look, you've got Henderson. Judkins and and now Will Howard who yeah. is much more I don't know that he's necessarily like legitimate like substantially better than Kyle McCord but what he is is more mobile Will Howard is very fine and willing to run the ball the way they ran it at Kansas State this Ohio State running game is now just solidified as the foundation of their offense and, and I think Howard is a dual threat I'm I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what what schemes Ryan Day comes up with in this run game, how much could they get just really wild and start pulling guys like crazy like Howard did at K-State? Is there a ton of read option back in there? Just things that they couldn't do with McCord, and you know I like Kyle McCord, but that element at times was just missing. We even saw it with, with Michigan, right, where it's like at times J.J. McCarthy's feet are a weapon. Kyle McCord's feet were not a weapon, and we do know for a fact that Will Howard's feet are – and these two backs setting that up, I, I, I doesn't even feel fair to be honest with you. It absolutely does not, man. It, it really is disgusting what they have coming back in that backfield and, and bringing into that backfield, honestly, with uh, with Judkins going in there. Um, another guy I wanted to shout out to, who we actually interviewed, uh, one of my favorite interviews I've ever done, maybe my favorite actually, uh, Donovan Edwards going back to Michigan to finally be the lead back. Now he he actually in that interview I talked to him, I, I asked him, I was like, hey man, you know, give me the honest answer here. Were you a little bit pissed off that Blake Corum went back to school for his senior year instead of declaring for the draft? And he's like, hell yeah, I was pissed off. And he's like, I was trying to be the number one back, and and he goes back to school. But uh, he's finally going to be the number one back next year. We saw what he did in that national title game, which is absolutely – his first two carries were a two 40-yard touchdowns. He was averaging like 45-yard – his stat line, I think, after the first quarter was like two carries, 90 yards – two touchdowns and it was like if he just benched him right there that's the greatest stat line of all time but uh he's going back to school I mean, he kind of had a down year a little bit um wasn't really utilized as much as I thought he would be this year but I think going into next year he could really have a breakout year and become uh the guy that he says he, he's going to become so watch that interview if you haven't already he's, he's hilarious one of my favorite interviews ever but he's phenomenal uh, and then Taj Brooks from Texas Tech too Taj Brooks a really great year for Texas Tech this year he decided to go back to school um Dalton and I were actually talking about this before the show that running back position, man, in terms of the returning talent, 
is disgusting. It's probably at least the best offensive position in college football heading into next year. Um, there's an argument to be made with a defensive position that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but it, the running back, man, is 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 crazy what, what's going back to school. Oh, year. you just list, list off, I mean, what, what were all the names we were, we were saying? It was what? You have Judkins, Henderson, Edwards, Brooks. Uh, I'm just trying to pop Marianne names Hampton. off. C.J. Baxter. Yeah. Um, Taj Brooks. Uh, Amarion Hampton, Ollie Gordon, the yeah, dope oh walker God, winner, Gordon, the, like, yeah. the eighth guy I just named, right? <laughs> uh, Ollie Gordon, Jordan James at Oregon's a right. beast. I, I mean, there uh, you got guys. I, I I lose track right now how many running backs there. Are. It, the fact that it took me eight tries to get to That's Ollie Gordon, who won the dope walker, is it just shows it. It is stacked. Trevor Etienne going to Georgia yes, now. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, I, I mean, it, it's. This this might be this might be the most loaded group of running backs in 2025 that that maybe we've ever seen. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see which you know how many or which ones of them might contend for a Heisman first round. I mean, Absolutely. there are so so many backs. I I. I I can't. I look around and see all the names that are still in college right now. And I can't even believe it. No. Jonah Coleman, the, the two guys for well, yes, Jonah Coleman know, still be uh, Arizona. But, did you see yeah. he's uh, in the portal now? Did you see that Jonah Coleman? Coleman is yes. Yeah, I'm, I wonder I if mean, he goes to uh, Washington, right? Follow uh, Jed Fish there. I, I think you look at all those kids and, and just wait for them. Wait for them to see what fish if he can get. I mean, if he can get Fafita and McMillan and oh, Coleman, I, you know, disgusting. I, how many? It's it's always the suspense now. How many are going to? Yeah. How many are going to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That that running back position. We'll talk about it. So we're actually planning on during the offseason to rank every position, the top ten players, every position. That's gonna be one of the hardest man because there are so many guys you could put in that top 10 uh nick i mean not, not to sound like a homer here but nick singleton and katron allen from penn state both are really good both have to come back as well um that that yeah that running position is gonna be disgusting next year uh wide receiver this one was a little surprising when uh thinking about where he was entering the year another ohio state player which is why we were saying hey we're gonna update our top 25 because we had ohio state outside the top 10 when we thought everyone was leaving uh, they bring back everyone but Marvin Harrison Jr., basically. So Emeka Ibuka was one of them. Uh, the Ohio State receiver was entering the year. He was the number two receiver in the country, in my opinion, behind his teammate Marvin Harrison Jr. Was a projected first-round pick entering the year as well. Kind of dealt with a nagging uh, ankle injury all year. Missed three games because of it. But, man, this guy is a smooth route runner. You see right there is 86.1% open target rate, 95th percentile over the last two seasons. Such a smooth player that I think Will Howard is very happy is going back to school next year to have him as his number one receiver. So um, a little surprising. I, I thought Egbuka, obviously a down year for him um, and probably would have been a, a second-round pick ultimately. But uh, still a little surprising, and I think a, a lot of Columbus fans are very, very happy that he's going back to school next year. Yeah, they should be, and it, it was a rough year for him. And I mean, there was times where you could see what he could do. The Notre Dame game stands out the most for him. Um, it, but he came into the, you know, you talk about a second round, you know, potential second round pick this year. He came into the year with top fifteen hype. Yes, it was. It was thought that him and Harrison were were the top two guys that were going to come out of this mm -hmm. year's draft. And now, obviously, you got neighbors and Odunze and Coleman and every other guy. That, but you know, Ibuka, it, it was a tough year for him. Um, I I think between the quarterback situation. His injuries, the way the offense kind of tilted more towards the run game, and just and just towards Marvin Harrison, to be yeah. honest with you, when in doubt. I mean, you look at the Penn State game, right, and it felt like every play was a slant to Harrison, and mm -hmm. rightfully so, it was working every time. Sorry, but <laughs> you know, I think for him to get a chance to be that guy, to be the number one guy, if you come back and prove you're the number one guy at Ohio State with Will Howard throwing you the ball and 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 trying to uh, and a lot of these guys i think a lot of these ohio state guys too look they haven't beat michigan yeah it's it's still it's still, even marvin harrison talked about it when he was still thinking about it was man we didn't beat michigan we haven't yep. beaten them cj stroud i think even mentioned uh after after the colts game when he was like when they were they were asking him about nico collins and all of that and he was like yeah i, I didn't beat them it still bothers me it, it's just <laughs> it's a thing but i think at buka Getting a shot to be the number one guy at a place like Ohio State, where they've had boatloads of them, he could walk into next year as the first receiver taken out of next year's draft very easily. He could. I mean, it's gonna be tough. I mean, we talk about McMillan, uh, Luther Burden as well. I mean, that's gonna be again, that's gonna be a loaded receiver class that we see next year as well. But yeah, man, it, it honestly just a lot went wrong for him this year. You mentioned, I think you brought it up really perfectly. Whereas the quarterback situation was obviously worse with Kyle McCord. Um, 
Marvin Harrison Jr. is your teammate. That's never easy to be. Like, when you're a stud like a Mecca Ibuka and you have a, a guy like a generational talent like Marvin Harrison Jr., you're obviously not going to be the number one guy. So that, that hurts your stats too. And then you got an ankle injury that you deal with all year. So I think a lot went wrong for a Mecca Ibuka this year when a lot of people had high expectations. Like, I thought they could have had a Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave thing where it's like, all right, these are two top 15 picks that they both had in the same team. Um, like I said, I had him as my number two receiver in the country entering the year behind Marvin Harrison Jr. So um, I, I still think he's a very, very talented player. Like I said, he's a smooth, smooth player. I guess the one word to really describe him, Mecca Buka, is how smooth he is as a route runner especially. Um, and I think he's clearly the, the top returning uh, prospect that declined the NFL draft at at receiver. Another guy I wanted to shout out to, Tez Johnson, the Oregon receiver. He's going back to school as well. Um, he had an awesome year as their kind of slot receiver this year. I, I like Tez Johnson a lot too. So I think he's another guy that, that deserves a shout out uh, who's going back to school at least for a receiver. Uh, tight end, this one was pretty easy to me, Dalton, because a lot of the tight ends declared for the draft. But uh, I wanted to shout out Mitchell Evans, who a lot of people just kind of forgot about, the Notre Dame tight end. Um, he had played nine games this year, tore his ACL, which was brutal, obviously, for Notre Dame and for Mitchell Evans. But before that, you know, his 422 receiving yards were fourth among FBS tight ends this year um, through nine weeks. And also, he had 10 force missed tackles after the catch, which were second to only Brock Bowers through the first nine weeks, too. I think this guy's a stud. He's the ultimate security blanket that Riley Leonard is going to love next year. But he's more than just a security blanket, man. He could really, you know, create after the catch as well. I mean, there's a case to be made uh, with Mitchell Evans being the uh, number one tight end in the country heading into next season. No, I think he is. I think he's the best. As long as he recovers from the injury, he's the best tight end in the country. I, I think I think to, for him, he's I, – I think, what did I call him in a previous show? Riley Leonard's best friend yep. at eight. eight. He needs to get he needs to get to know Mitchell pretty quick because yeah. I, between there's the safe throws yeah but I, I think I think he's a really underrated threat up the seam yep. I, I just yep. think when he when he got hurt I think the, they lost a vertical element down the middle of the field in their offense and it, it really hurt them I mean we know Notre Dame can play defense they got a ton of guys coming back on defense we'll get into but they I, I to be honest I think when he was in there he was their best weapon in the passing game. They're, they're, I think their wide receiving core was a little disappointing, but when Evans got hurt, you could really feel the impact of their pass. They just they they were they had a hard time dropping back, throwing the football after he got hurt. And and I think him making plays down the seam inside the numbers really, if if they can get that element back, and he's a hundred percent this year, and you open things up for guys on the outside like like Chris Mitchell and all those transfers they brought in, mm. I, I think it adds. It's just a different dimension that most teams don't have. Um, you know, I kind of felt the same way about like Cade Stover at Ohio State this past year, where I think it just helps a lot. It helps a lot to have that guy threatening safeties and right now i don't think there's anybody better in the country returning than mitchell evans with that yeah definitely i think mitchell evans i mean you lose michael mayer man a lot of people thought you know that obviously has a huge loss one of the best tight ends in college football history michael mayer uh but mitchell evans man he filled in very in his shoes very nicely this year so mitchell evans are our top tight end who's returning uh to school and and maybe our number one tight end entering the year too i think colson loveland from michigan has a very good case as well he's a very very good player but mitchell evans we'll see when we do our tight end rankings we'll see who the number one is but mitchell evans if not if he's not number one he's definitely number two so mitchell evans is definitely a stud um all right offensive tackle now this was this one was a lot tougher a lot of the top guys are in the draft. Uh, Joe Alt, Olufashanu, Talisa Fuaga, all, all the top, J.C. Latham. Um, this guy, I, I wanted to shout him out too. You don't really hear too much about him, but he grayed out super highly for us. And when I was watching his tape last night, he it deserved that grade, honestly. Uh, Ariante Ursary from Minnesota, who had the second-best run-blocking grade among FBS tackles this year, only behind Talisa Fuaga. And like I just mentioned, Talisa Fuaga, probably going to be a, a top-15 pick in the NFL draft as well. So uh, Ariante Ursary, man, he's a really underrated offensive tackle, I think. And going back to Minnesota next year, I think uh, Golden Gopher fans should be very excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what you get. Minnesota every couple of years comes out with one of these big mauling run blocking tackles, right? Like the Ravens now have Daniel Falele, and it's like they just that's, that's just the culture up there. It's six, he's six six, he's three thirty. It's zero degrees out, and he's and and they have an offensive tackle that's going to run you over. That's exactly what you're getting with Ursary. He's going to be he's going to be on a lot of big boards next year for the physicality alone. I don't know that he I don't know that he's good in pass good enough in pass protection necessarily to be a first round pick. That could use some work, but yeah. the run blocking and the power and the physicality alone absolutely makes that guy he's a stud, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Talisa Falaga, people were worried about his pass pro too, but I mean, he's such a dominant run blocker that Trevor, I remember talking to Trevor about Falaga. He's like, man, he's just so good at run blocking. I had to put him in top 15. He's just like that good. Um, he's a people mover, man. Ursary is a people mover. Also, um, he's had some, okay, so I want to bring this up. He's had some awful games in pass protection. He's had some absolutely terrible games. The Michigan game was terrible. Uh, I believe their bowl game against Bowling Green he really struggled too. Um, but He's also had some really, really good games as well. So he's got to become more consistent in pass pro. Uh, one of the games I wanted to shout out that he actually played really well, Ohio State, who will bring up their edge defenders in just a second because they got both of them coming back. But against Jack Sawyer and J.C. Tuimilowau, he only allowed one pressure on 23 pass blocking snaps. So he he played really well in that game. I think it's just more consistency with Ursary than anything else. So he's a dominant run blocker, inconsistent pass protector right now. He's had some horrible, horrible pass pro games, but some awesome games as well. So I, I think Ursary. Definitely got to keep an eye on next year. Um, I, I definitely think the offensive tackle class next year is carried by the sophomores that are right now, like Calvin Banks Jr. from Texas, Will Campbell from LSU. Those are the guys. But in terms of the guys who could have been in this year's draft that declined it, I think Ursary probably is a top guy there. Uh, interior offensive line, another one that, that was kind of tough to pick because a lot of the top guys are entering the draft. But uh, I went with Luke Kandra, man, from uh, Cincinnati, who really good at Louisville last year. Um, he only he was one of 11 Power 5 guards in 2022. Didn't allow a sack or a hit on 160 pass blocking snaps. And then this year, he had an 81.9 grade at Cincinnati that was third among Power 5 guards this year. So, like I said, a lot of the top interior offensive linemen are in the draft. Um, one of them I want to shout out to, Donovan Jackson, the guard from Ohio State. Kind of had a down year, but he was a five-star recruit coming out. Had a great true freshman year, I believe, or true sophomore year. Um, he's also really good, too. But I wanted to give a shout-out to Luke Andrew here as our interior offensive lineman. No, yeah, I totally agree, and it's it's uh, you know sometimes it's hard to find these guys, and and we had I think we've had we have several we have several good ones. I mean, we think about this year was it felt like the year of the center with Jackson Powers Johnson and Van Pran from from Georgia. I think um, it's it, it's it, it's a hard one because it's it's one where you try to find you know there's so many. It feels like this class of 2025, the true class of 2025, is just so loaded at all of these positions that we're really picking and prodding at certain ones you mentioned like at running back or or I think the offensive line works the same way where it's just it's it's just it's like kind of that tweener thing where we're getting a lot coming out and we got a lot coming up and then guys that decline it's like there's not too too many to pick from but yeah. no a really good performer at Cincinnati Cincinnati um they have no they have no issues in the trenches they just need to figure out how to how to make things work at quarterback and on the outside to to really complement their run game they can run the football no doubt and Kendra's a big reason for it I think another guy I want to I wanted to throw in there too. Did Ethan? I know he transferred to Mississippi State. Did Ethan Miner was that an option one or was oh, he too young? Oh, good. Yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about him too much, but he's definitely a good I, guy. Who's shout too. That's that's that would be that would be another one I would I would keep an eye on. Is you know transferring from North Texas to Mississippi yep. State. I believe he finished last year as the second or third highest graded center. Um, that's that's another one. If you're looking for a center instead, I would keep an eye on Ethan Miner at Mississippi State. Definitely, definitely. Good call. Good call there. Um, this one I don't think was too difficult was interior defensive lineman. There are a couple to choose from here, but I think Howard Cross the third from from Notre Dame. Uh, he was you really good this year, man. He had the third best overall grade among FBS D tackles, only behind the two Texas D tackles and Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. He had a 91, 90.1 grade this year. The 89.8 pass rushing grade was also third in the country. Not only is he a great pass rusher, his 29 run defense stops tied for second among all D tackles in the country this year as well. I mean, I was watching his tape a few weeks ago, man. Violent, violent hands. I mean, he is a very, very violent player. Um, I really think Notre Dame's de uh, defense next year is going to be disgusting with him. Uh, Riley Mills, another guy we should shout out. He's going back to there as well to join him on the D-line. And then you got Jack Kaiser, I believe, is going back at linebacker. Yep. Ben Morrison at, at corner. Xavier Watts at safety. won the uh, Defensive Player of the Year award. I mean, they, they got a really good defense. Obviously, Marcus Freeman coaching up that defense as well. Uh, but I think Howard Cross is uh, a big, big-time returner for Notre Dame next year. I'm, I'm with you, and, and I think the biggest competition for this one is his teammate, Riley Mills. I, I think they could very much be – really, they were this year, but they could very much be something like Tavondre Sweat and Byron yep. Murphy were for Texas. This, this Notre Dame defense will be the reason that they contend for a playoff spot. I'm going to add another guy in there too. Um, Rod Hurd, transfer corner from Northwestern, mm -hmm. really solid player. Watch watch out for him at corner also. If he, if he solidifies them at corner – Coming in from Northwestern, there front to back, I, I'm not sure how you beat him. He's a really nice player that came 
and, and you know, you saw Northwestern had a very surprising good year. A big part of that was Rod Hurd and their defense. But, no, Howard Cross, I, I mean, he was an elite player last year. And to get all those guys you just mentioned back, um, Notre Dame, I, I think they should expect to have a top-five defense for as much as Riley Leonard and everything on offense is going to get the hype, and we even just mentioned Mitchell Evans, their defense will be the reason they win football games. 1,000%. 1,000%. Yeah, that defense is going to be so, so good, man. And, yeah, Notre Dame's got a lot of talent coming back. And they got uh, Mike Denbrock, too, new offensive coordinator from LSU. That's a huge get for them as well. So Notre Dame's got some talent. And they obviously lose a lot in terms of Joe Alt, Blake Fisher, um, Audric Estime as well, and their top three receivers are gone, too. But – uh, I do think Notre Dame is a sneaky, sneaky team next year. I think they're going to have a really, really good year, and I think they're going to have some uh, some studs on that defense especially. Uh, edge defender now, uh, Jack Sawyer was the one I went with. Now, you, I, I remember you uh, had a couple other names that you wanted to bring up too, but I went with Jack Sawyer. Um, honestly, you could have picked either Ohio State edge defender because uh, JT2 and Maloa also surprised a lot of people by going back to school. Both he and Jack Sawyer, I believe, were second-round prospects for us on our big board before they announced they're going back. But Sawyer, only edge in the country who had 85-plus grades as a pass rusher and run defender this year, and he was the third most valuable Power 5 edge according to our wins above average metric, only behind Braylon Trice and Layatu Latu, the only two Power 5 edges more valuable than Jack Sawyer uh, this season. So, he was a former five-star recruit, former, I think, top five recruit coming out of high school, along with JT2 and Malawau. They got both of them going back to school next year uh, for their senior seasons. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Ohio State has the best edge duo in college football heading into next season. Yeah, I agree. And and you had, I believe they, I believe their defensive line finished second in grading behind Michigan at the end of the year. And to get those guys back, um, it's Sawyer and Tuamoloau. Uh, you just saw the number of games they took over. Um, I, I think Sawyer a little more consistent. JT a little bit kind of flashier. There was a little up and down at times mm -hmm. when he took over as a pass rusher. No question. He's got. He's got free talent, but Sawyer, I, I just like his just con the consistency and the motor. It's every play. He makes a lot of plays like late in the play. Um, just, just the, just reminds you of like, like um, I, I mentioned the name to you. I think uh, yesterday, like Ryan Kerrigan, just a just a worker, man. That's that's the way I look. I look at Jack Sawyer, and you see just a plus effort level on every single play, and it shows in the run game and the pass game. I think if he adds a little bit more just to like his pass rush arsenal yeah you I, you could very easily be looking at like i think a high floor very safe kind of the way um kind of the way that uh i almost want to say like lucas van ness was looked at last year where you just know you know i don't know that this guy he's, he's probably not the next like jj watt or something like that but you know he's gonna contribute like there is there is almost jack sawyer's got that type of just that type of motor and skill set where you're like that it really can't go wrong it may he may not be like an a plus five-time first team all pro but I, I don't see how much could go wrong with sawyer considering his effort level his motor and his consistency no absolutely not um who so you want to shout out the uh the other edge defenders that you were thinking about too for this spot um i know elijah roberts from smu stands out to me and i, I know there's another one and for some reason i'm suddenly oh, drawing a blank on it. um right what, which one Presley Mom Yellen. Oh, that's right. That was the yes. You're right. That's the obvious one. He went to Ole Miss instead. Of, I for so, I had it in my head like 30 seconds ago and I forgot it. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think he he's another one. He had a second round grade transfer to Ole Miss, a massive get for Ole Miss. Um, I think and and now you know Ole Miss now they just lost Tyler Barron. Uh, now to Louisville apparently. Um. Uman Mielin, for sure, I think we were a little surprised that he didn't come out in the draft. He would have been a top 50 guy. And now for Lane Kiffin, get him at Ole Miss as like a foundation piece with Walter Nolan on their D-line, that's a big, big-time get. I think he's definitely – he's got the potential where he's he's the guy, especially as a pass rusher, who could be, could be the best out of all of these guys. But I think we want to see a little more – consistency especially in the run game than than he had for florida and, and florida's defense in general was it was it was a it was a rough ride last year for them but he was definitely the best player out of all of them the other two i want to i want to bring up two who will have very high in our rankings for edge is ashton gelati going back to louisville next year yep. joining tyler Barron there he was awesome at, at louisville this season uh he's going back for a senior year and it came on rucker uh the unc edge could have declared too he decided to go back for his another year too so uh both those guys i would probably put in the top five or six edges heading into next year i mean the edge group is really good 
uh, going into next year. Um, let's talk about linebacker now. This guy actually, Dalton, entered the year as Trevor Sikama's number one linebacker prospect in the NFL draft, and that is Barrett Carter from Clemson. Um, took a step back this year. He had a 70.6 grade compared to an 81.4 grade the year before. But this guy still has elite, elite athleticism. He has an all-around game, too. I believe he's one of uh, only a few linebackers in the country last year with 75-plus grades in every aspect, run defense, coverage, uh, and pass rushing. Elite athlete, man. I I was really surprised to see Barrett Carter uh, go back to school, especially considering how weak the linebacker class is this year. He's still – even after a down year, he still could have been the number one linebacker in the draft. But – uh, and a second-round pick, probably. But he decided to go back to Clemson next year. I think right now he's probably the pretty clear option as the top prospect that's going back to school next year. Yeah, I agree. And I think it kind of works similar to to Ibuka, where it's like with Trotter gone now, you're you're the guy. You're the Mike. You're going to be yeah. the guy everybody looks at constantly. And this, I mean, honestly, it could go one of two ways. If he struggles now without Trotter there, this this could really hurt him, but if he if he emerges, especially for a Clemson defense, I, I think we both think is really really good still um, as as kind of the captain, the guy in the middle. I I don't see any reason Carter couldn't be the first linebacker taken next year. I I think Trotter this year would have been taken ahead of him, considering Trotter just had a better year. I think he was. Did he end up a first team PFF All American? I think he did. Yeah, um, might have. It, it Carter. Carter has a shot to rebound. I think it's very much like Ibuka, but on the defensive side of the ball, where you come in here and you prove at a place like Clemson, where they have a big time legacy at linebacker, prove you're the guy. You can be the you could be a, probably a late first round pick next year. Absolutely, he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, no, he absolutely does. And I think the the big yeah the big thing with him is just is a freak athlete, man. That's the big like Trotter is a undersized linebacker, but he's just too good to not take him highly. Um, Trotter actually second team All American for us this year. I think Peyton Wilson second, and okay. uh, Edron Cooper were the other the first team. But um, yeah, man, Trotter Trotter was a superstar, and Carter is just more of the freak athlete that you're kind of hoping he puts it all together. He kind of did in his sophomore year, but as, like we said, as a junior, kind of took a little bit of a step back. Um, but I'm excited to see what he can do in his senior season, man. Because he again, he entered the year as the number one linebacker in the draft according to Trevor Sikma. I think Trevor Sikma even had him as like a top 15 or 20 prospect in the draft as well. So um, really, really high ceiling with him. Just want to see him kind of get back to his sophomore form, honestly. Uh, cornerback. This one was tough too. Actually, real quick for linebacker, I want to shout out Jay Higgins too. Um, who I believe is the number one linebacker in terms of value for us this year from Iowa. He had a great year. Uh, he's going back to school as well. He's another really, really good linebacker. Uh, all right, let's go to corner now. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad is who I went with here. There were a few options that I think you could have gone with, especially uh, Denzel Burke from Ohio State. Talk about Ohio State returners, man. I mean, Denzel Burke went back as well. He's another guy I think you could have had in this spot. But I went with Muhammad, um, who's actually – Technically not on a team right now. He's actually in the transfer portal as of recording. Now, he did tell Ducks Digest that he's deciding this week on where he's going to go. And the three schools he's, he's deciding between are Alabama, uh, following Kalen DeBoer there, obviously, Texas, and Oregon. Those are the three schools he's looking at right now. But this year, 19 forced incompletions, the most in the country. And he had fewer than 20 yards allowed in nine of his 15 games this year. And he was playing some top passing teams like Oregon twice. Uh, and he also played Texas as well. Um, he played, obviously, some other big, big-time games as well. Um, but I, I think right now – USC, but Jabbar Muhammad obviously undecided. He's still in the transfer portal right now, but wherever he goes, man, whether it's Alabama, Texas, or Oregon, that's a huge get, and he's probably would have been a second-round pick in this year's draft if he decided to enter it. He's he's one of the most fun watches of any corner in the country. There's certain guys who are like really good in a boring way. I think about like Sauce Gardner's kind of like that. Cooper Jean is like that. Yeah. Like he's just a master technician. It, his tape is so good, it's boring. Jabbar, Jabbar Muhammad's is fun. It's yeah. competitive. It's feisty. He's a ball hockey. You know, like you said, he leads the country in forced incompletions. It's kind of the style that Washington played. They were going to give up a lot of yards, but they were going to compete for the football. I, I think he's he's the kind of corner that, like, sets a tone for you secondary, man. Like, I, honestly, of those three, and I know DeBoer's at Washington, and, and obviously the connection and the fit and all that stuff, I, I think he would be such a massive add if Texas got him. Oh, I think Texas was missing, imagine? like – that guy who just is like a there's like an attitude tone setting thing certain corners like certain corners like they almost like angry like in muhammad he's just it's like angry it's feisty it's competitive he's such a fun watch and a really darn good player at that obviously you know i i he just 
there's times, of course, there's times he gives up yards, but man, he's as fun a competitor at corner as there is in the country right now. And I think he, I think he would bring a certain attitude to any of those three secondaries. When you talk about Bama needs bodies right now, Texas just needs an alpha in the secondary and Oregon lost Kyrie Jackson. They do need a number one corner too. So all three of those places make sense, but Muhammad's a really, really good player and really fun to watch. He absolutely is, man. He, and like I said, he's, he's a stud this year. I mean, he really was spectacular for, uh, for Washington. I think the attitude is is the number one thing everyone keeps talking about him. He was, Go, so good in that conference t- title game against Oregon. I mean, they kept targeting him, and he kept uh, with uh, Troy Franklin, I believe, was uh, the guy they're going at him a lot with, and he still was shutting him down, man. So he was a phenomenal corner. I, again, Denzel Burke was really, really tough to pass up here because Denzel Burke I also really, really like for the NFL especially, but uh, it's hard to go against what Jabbar Muhammad did this year. Man, if he goes to Texas, I mean, you got – that was probably their biggest weakness was that secondary and why they got torched in that playoff game. But you got him now. If you get him, you get Jabbar Muhammad, who's the number one corner easily. Malik Muhammad, actually, who uh, was one of her highest graded corners in the country. as such a true freshman. Um, so they got a stud there in, in Malik Muhammad. And then Andrew Makuba going there from Clemson as well. That's a rebuilt secondary immediately for, for Texas and what was their biggest weakness probably on that team last year. So, yeah, that'd be a huge, huge get if he goes there. Huge get for any of them, honestly, Alabama, Texas, or Oregon. Wherever he decides to go, it'd be a huge get. Um, all right, the last one we're talking about is safety, which is I went with Rod Moore here, um, who is was the number four safety in the draft on our big board, second-round prospect, I believe a top 45 prospect on our big board. He opted to return to Ann Arbor for another year. Um, over the last two seasons, he's, he's one of only 11 Power 5 safeties with 80-plus coverage and run defense grades. So Rod Moore running it back for another year at, at Michigan. He was, again, a top 5 safety in this year's draft if he entered it, for us at least. But he decided to go back for another year at Michigan. Yeah, and I, I agree with this. I mean, you just I think you talk about Rod Moore and, and what he does. He's really the true center field free safety back there. And if you're gonna play, obviously you have to have the corners to play the man the amount of man coverage Michigan does, you know, Will Johnson, the best of them, but you need that guy on the back end just in case you need help and a guy with range. I mean, we just we saw so so many times, especially in big moments where Rod Moore breaking on the football from a deep position he's just he's he's as good as it gets coverage wise back there I think I think he's a perfect fit for the defense and and he's a big reason you know with with the kind of the crew breaking up at Alabama I I I don't know about you I think Michigan walks into next year with easily the best secondary in the country yeah probably right you got Will Johnson Uh, Rod Moore Will Johnson I believe Josh Wallace is back too right he's solid yeah Rod Moore. I think the only one they're losing is Sainra still. Is that correct? I think yes. he declared. Or yeah, I believe he's gone. He's, yes. he's the only one they're losing. But, I mean, to have the foundation of, of Johnson and Moore and Wallace, and, and they're rolling DBs there, through there like crazy. But I, I like Rod Moore a lot as the center fielder back there who is just, just a ball hawk, man. I, I, I just think the, the combination of him and especially Will Johnson and those guys on the outside just running – Really, they're one of the few teams that can run man coverage whenever they want, and that's such an advantage when you have talent like that on the back end. Yeah, uh, Keon Sab, I believe, is going back to I believe Macari Page too. I mean, they got a yeah, they probably do have the best secondary in yeah. college football, honestly, going back. So yeah, uh, Rod Moore, we picked here. I want to shout out uh, Hunter Waller too from uh, from Wisconsin. He's going back to school too. He was one of the best safeties in the country this year. Um, number three over in terms of value for us this year, only behind Xavier Nwakba from uh, from Iowa and Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. Um, Hunter Waller had a really good year too, so I want to shout out him. So that's how what we got for. Uh, our best returning players every position. Is anyone else, Dalton, that you wanted to shout out here that we didn't get to get to in terms of the best guys to turn it down? Or there's so many, so many names. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, and there's a bunch of guys that I that I thought I was thinking of, and then you're like, oh no, they were true sophomores. I'm like, dang it, but no, I, I just think, I think that just the general um, thing here for me is that there's still a boatload of talent. Yeah. The 2025 draft, I think it's less flashy. I don't think the quarterback class is quite as deep. I mean, you've no. got Beck. A guy you didn't mention earlier, Shadour Sanders. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You, should, you still have Shadour Sanders. We'll see what Dylan Gabriel's prospects look like. I I don't think it's as flashy with the quarterbacks, but I think there's a lot, I, especially in the secondary, on the defensive line, and at running back. I think next year is absolutely loaded, loaded at those spots. And, and you, you always know there's always breakout guys, too. And receivers now, as good as all these young receivers are, you never know who breaks out no. all of a sudden, man. I, I mean, it, it could be between transfer portals and finding fits and doing all this. 
you you're going to get a receiver come out of nowhere and and get 1500 yards that we that we haven't mentioned all all summer probably so um no it's still going to be a really loaded class with a lot of talent i just think it leans towards a few different but this year you get the flashy positions man quarterback receiver pass rusher yeah that's that's what you're looking at this year next year I look at running backs. I look at D line especially, and I think there's really there's some really good players in the secondary. Um, and and yeah, I, honestly, that running back class is going to be a lot of fun, man. We're, it feels like anytime we do the game previews, is it? Well, here's the next great. Here's another stud running back. Every every <laughs> game we preview, here's another one. Just it's 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 crazy. It's like this. This might be the year that running the ball gets the revival. And I know some teams. There's some teams that do it anyway. I mean, Michigan just Michigan just won a title running the ball like crazy, but. Yeah, no, it's it's still going to be a really really fun class, and there's a lot of talent that came back that didn't declare. Yeah, absolutely. And the other the position I wanted to bring up too that besides running back, I think it has the best returning talent is safety. Man, safety, the safety class coming back. I, I know a oh. lot of them are a few of them are true freshmen this year, like Caleb Downs and Dylan Thieneman from uh, from Purdue. But other than that, I mean, I just posted a uh, a tweet last night, and I'm not again, not trying to sound like a homer here, but Kevin Winston Jr. from Penn State. I was looking at his like grading in terms of his metrics. He's in like the 95th percentile or better in like every single metric that we look at. It's crazy what he did last year. So he's a guy that uh, I'm excited to talk about more. But yeah, running back safety. It's really a really, really good uh, class next year. This year's draft kind of feels a lot very offensive heavy. It feels like there are some good edge defenders, but other than that, the, the defensive draft kind of feels a little uh, below average. Next year, we should get a lot better, though. I think the corners, um, the safeties, the D-line has some guys, too, that I really like as well. I think it'll be a little more balanced next year, than whereas this year it feels a lot like a quarterback, receiver, offensive tackle class. Next year, I think it might – be a little more balanced in terms of the positions that we see in uh 2025 yeah oh for sure i this year this year leans heavy on passing i, th- I think the group of corners is is really good this year when you still have mckinstry and arnold right. DeGene and some of those guys um but it, it it leans towards the weapons it leans towards the flashy stuff and that's why everyone's so excited yeah even the the office tackle class man is disgusting too with uh joe alt fashanu yeah. yeah. uh Telly Safuaga, everything like that. So, yeah, so we got, though, for our best returning prospects who could have declared for the draft. Obviously, like I said, this does not include true sophomores, so we will cover those guys more in depth in our ranking episodes that we do uh, later on this offseason. But, uh, yeah, so what we want to talk about for that, and I do believe, Dolan, that we have a couple trivia questions that we're going to get to right now. So we're going to welcome in our producer, uh, producer Eli, to run through our, uh, our trivia questions. Are you guys ready for this? I am nervous. I, always. Always ready. I got no nerves. No nerves, no nothing. <laughs> These ones are kind of tricky, I won't lie. Oh, Soul was in his bag a little bit. And there's only two questions this time. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's get us started. We have who was the highest graded quarterback on throws 10-plus yards this season? Shador Sanders, Bo Nix, Jackson Dart, or Jaden Daniels? Well, it got to be Jaden Daniels. Right? has to be Jaden Daniels. I think, but you know how Dave is with the yeah. tricks. <laughs> or am I so trying tricks. to trick you because and, and, and Yeah, and Eli with the graphics. He's, we got two Riddlers here. Um, or I wish he put J.J. McCarthy as an option because it might have been him with like three throws downfield of 10-plus yards, and he just happened to hit all three of them. <laughs> wow, that's cold-blooded. Um, I wish he put J.J. on it because I would have picked J.J. just feel like it's, it's going to be J.J. <laughs> See exactly. He's got to mix it up on us sometimes. All right. So it was it was Nick's Daniels, Shadur, and Dart. Um, God, it's hard for me not to say Daniels too. He's a flamethrower. Although he threw the ball a lot down, I wonder if Bo just like on the few he did throw downfield, he just hit. I mean, I mean, he threw a nut. He didn't. I, the thing with Bo is you have like no. Well, you don't have really any turnover worthies with either of them. Mm. I think Daniels only had seven. I'm locking in. I'm I, I'm gonna go with Jaden. I, I just can't. I've been picking Jaden Daniels for everything for the last three months. So I'm. I'm. I, yeah. I'm going. With, I think. I think you could take him first overall. To be honest with you, if you wanted. But wow. Um, that's a, I that's don't another. Agree with that's that. another debate. Oh, have, that's but, a, um, I don't yeah, an episode agree with on that. that take. We're gonna have to get. We need to do a hot takes episode of NFL Draft. That could be a fun. One. I feel oh, like Dolan's oh, got it in the bag. I'm, I'm all about you it. Have, I, you got, have some takes, yeah. dude. Oh yeah. I'm in on that. You're, you're, I think it was the third episode Dalton was on. He was like, Shador should be the Heisman. 
<laughs> it was something like that. Hey, at the time, that wasn't wrong. T- okay. It's not, but still hot. The first episode he- we ever did at Preferred Walk-On, I said, Travis Hunter, if he keeps us up, is the Heisman Trophy winner. It was right after the TCU game. Which yeah, is that like, is true. If he kept that up, if he kept that up, yes, he It's not a been. wrong statement. If but, he had done that, he would have been the Heisman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If he played but, uh, 2,000 snaps with 12 interceptions. <laughs> you actually think he could be the number one pick, like, and that wouldn't be horrible? Who? Jaden Daniels? I think I think I don't think it should and we'll get more hot on this as we go. I think any one of Caleb, Drake, or Daniels, I think you could you could justify taking any of the three of them first. I don't know. You could you that. could you could justify it. I, I, I really think you I, could. I think it's a pretty clear I, I, I may I, I be I okay with I do not that's that's where I'm at. I do not think the margin is as wide as people. Think. I think it's I think it's a pretty clear top two, and then and then after that you go Jade. I think it's a pretty clear one, two, three, and then everyone else. I think that's how it goes. I I I think that I think the top three are like this. Wow. I, really do. I don't. Wow. Okay. I I'm excited to get into that more later on for our draft stuff. But that's crazy. All right. right anyway. All right. So we're both. Are we both going Daniel? I'm, I'm going the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm going the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. I'm gonna go Heisman Trophy winner. And if we're being honest, it should be number one overall pick, Bo Nix. Wow. Shout out. Mm. I, I can see that because he just doesn't make any mistakes. Yeah. At, at all. Yeah. Shout out Zach Tantillo, big uh, Auburn fan who loved Bo Nix, and now obviously he's, he's gone now. But um, wow, good for Bo Nix, man. That's good to know. Both start not over. Not great. That's 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 good to know for his. Uh, he's he's talked about a lot as a uh, short game merchant right now because obviously a lot, he was a very low average at the target. But that's good to know that he did when he had to throw the deep ball, he could hit it. So good to know for Bo Nix. Good for Bo, man. I'm going fun. into question two, the last one. So let's see who gets it. We have this team led the Power Five with 96 <laughs> rushes, gaining 10-plus yards this season. West Virginia, UCF, Michigan, or Alabama? I already know what you're going to do here. I can't pick Michigan. It's not going to be can't Michigan. can't do it. I'm not going to pick Michigan, although that, that it, it feels like Davis is going to throw in a Michigan. Are you sure this isn't part of the post-title brag, brag piece? Oh, it might be. Yeah, is Dave, this the brag question? Dave is pretty mad that we didn't break down the national title game uh, after it happened, which fair. But uh, I think that was more of a timing thing. That was I more timing. We would have if we, yeah. We, we recorded on Wednesday. Game was on Monday. It also, like, like the recaps. The recaps off. just never really did well. I thought. Like, so I don't know. I, yeah, Dave was Dave was not happy. <laughs> let us know in the comments if you want us to do more yeah. reviews next season. Let if us you know. want us to do a three week late national championship review, we could do. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> you want us to do that? Uh, I actually, I'm gonna go with. Uh, give me, uh, give me West Virginia. They had a. They had a pretty disgusting duo of uh, Jaheim White and C.J. Donaldson this year. Jaheim White was really there's, good. There's something about their style and some of the numbers they put up that makes me think it's UCF. Okay. That's fair, too. I'm going, I'm going with UCF. All right. I'm going with West Virginia. It's, it it's going to be Michigan. Watch. It's going to be Michigan. The winner this time. No, it's going to be Michigan. was Max. Wow. Oh, well done. West Virginia. Shout out Jaheim White, dude. Yeah. True freshman running back for them this year. He was really good for them. I, I think he's a stud. Uh about eight yards per carry he averaged this year too, which is crazy. Uh, I, I I thought I I think UCF is they might I wouldn't even shock me if they were second. They just had all the weird stuff going with Rice Plumley and all all different. They they ran the ball like crazy this year, but no, nope, good call. All right, we got a you win that. One. I, I hope Dave oh, one of these times is an all Michigan. Every answer is a Michigan player. <laughs> I, I I have two more. I have two bonus questions for you, Max. Oh okay, hit me. I've got two. These these are more draft related than like this past year. So these are two. All timers. Okay. So okay. here's one. Here's a Drake May question. Okay. PFF history, right? Since 2014, uh-huh. among among all Power Five quarterbacks with 500 dropbacks, Drake May has the second best big time throw rate at 8%. All right. Which of these guys is the one guy ahead of him? A, Sam Howell, B, Justin Fields, C, Patrick Mahomes, or D, Trevor Lawrence? Eli, feel free to weigh in, too, if you want. Oh. Eli, what are you thinking here? Part of me wants to think Fields. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Because um, I feel like their I, offense was just yeah, they, airing they, it out. They, they aired it out a lot. I do remember Howell always being up there, though, big-time throws. Um, Howell would be the one I'd have no guess on. I, I watched zero Howell. Howell Dude. threw go balls like crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, Howell was – not to brag here, Howell was my number one quarterback in that draft coming out. And he ended up being a fifth-round pick, and I believe he's like the only 
I, I don't know how good that take looks right now because Kenny Pickett might be the only other guy you can um, say from that. It looks good. It looks good compared to the rest of those guys, <laughs> Desmond, but it's still Desmond like, Ritter. Uh, it's a low. It's a low. It's bar. a low bar, but well, it looks good. Like he's a fifth Malik Willis, yeah. We interviewed Ron Rivera on the NFL show, and uh, he mentioned when they said they were going to stick with Howell that last year we had people saying he was the number one overall pick. So they might be talking about you, Max. I didn't say number one overall, but I said top twenty. I would. I wanted the Steelers to take him at twenty. Um, and they, they took Kenny Pickett, but uh, yeah, fifth round pick, and now he's an NFL starter still. I, I know, I know ball. Uh, I'm gonna go Sam Howell. Give me Sam Howell. I, I do think you're it's, gonna go Sam Howell. I think it's Sam right. Howell. Eli, Eli, you have a guess. I'm gonna go Fields. <laughs> Correct answer is Justin Fields. Wow. Hey. Okay. Eight point four percent big time throw rate, best among at least Power Five quarterbacks in PFF history right wow. now. So maybe second uh, one. Stick with uh, second stick with one him over Caleb. I've I've, met, I've mentioned this a lot. Jaden Daniels, all right, huge plays this year. Heisman Trophy added all that stuff, but what he does have again among Power Five quarterbacks with 500 dropbacks, the best. I think it's somewhere. I want to say 1.6 percent, somewhere in there. Best turnover worthy play percentage in PFF history among Power Five quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Which of these four guys is now second behind him? A Joe Burrow, B, A.J. McCarron, C, Gardner Minshew, or D, Baker Mayfield? Dude, it can't be A.J. A.J. AJ finished up his career before we started, right? Or am I blanking? It can't no, be I A.J. I think he was. A.J. was 11-12. He won national titles. So we started in 2014. That's a trick from Dalton. They're throwing in a, a game manager there just to trick me up. No, he was not in the PFF database, I don't think, as an Alabama quarterback at least. Um, it was what, Joe Burrow, A.J. McCarron, who the other two? Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield. Are we doing this off of like one year? No, this is career. I mean, I think Burrow's got to be up there just because of his first year at LSU. I don't think he was even throwing the ball that much. Yeah. I want to go with Minshew only because he didn't throw it deep that much, and they threw it so much that his rate is probably super low because of how much he threw the ball. So I'm going to go Minshew. Final answer. I'm going to go Burrow. Eli. I got to stick with Joey B. <laughs> the correct answer is Gardner Minshew. Wow. Let's go. Okay. That's huge. Gardner Minshew, I believe it was a 1.7% turnover-worthy play rate, was before Jaden Daniels the safest quarterback in the Power Five since yeah. PFF was started. And it was only just like slants in that air raid offense. Which is, they only threw the ball like five yards downfield, and they threw the ball Mike, like 70 times Mike a game. Leach. Yeah, Mike 70 Leach times a offense. game. Yep. Yeah. And I think now he yep. has like one of the highest turnover plays <laughs> in the NFL. So, oh, he's he's a gunslinger now, man. Absolutely, he might. I think he might have led the league this year. Best actually. dash in the game, yeah. dude. The best dash in the game. Wow. All right, we, yeah, but, we should but do that more. Now it is now Jaden Daniels with the best turnover. Fun one. There's two guys with less than 500 dropbacks that currently have better. They are in playing in college football right now. Two guys with less than 500 dropbacks that are better than Jaden Daniels right now. Career? Any guess at who those two are? Are they Power Five? Yes. Okay. Uh, and this is with this is within the Power Five also. One of them is a transfer. Mm. Oh man, who did not turn the ball over that much? This is hard. Is this going to be another Shador Love stat? This might be Shador. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, one of question. one of them should do it. That's a great. That's a great call, Eli. I knew it was. It was going to be one. pretty much the when Solf does the Michigan ones. It was oh, he had God, to get yeah. one for his boy. Oh, I, I'm I'm the number one Shadour guy now. Is that what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> I get. Okay. You know, I'm a I'm a ride that train. Don't you worry. I, I, I love it. it. We should have had Colorado when, top when twenty-five. He, when he throws for five thousand yards in the Big Twelve next year, watch Lejante Wester, FAU great. Watch what happens. That's right. FAU legend, dude. Who's the other one, Max? Oh my God, Shador's a great call. I'm blanking on like who has less than 500 dropback. Oh, Aller is Aller. It's Drew Aller. Yeah, yeah. It's hey, Aller. there we go. Yeah, yeah. See, see Max got team. Max got his guy. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, he's, he's I, I did know Drew he's Aller. Still, he still wants Drew Aller to go number one, whatever year that I is. That's, that's weird. I think Drew Aller might be number one overall pick next year. Still, Penn State fans very much disagree with me on that, but I think he's a stud. I think he's a superstar. They just didn't let Julian him. Julian Fleming. They didn't. Yeah. Julian Fleming, that's right. Andy Kolodecki at uh, at OC. I think we should. Uh, this is good. I like. I like each of us bring trivia to the table. I think we should bring like Cincinnati Bengals trivia to the table for Eli. That could be pretty. I, fun I'd too. do pretty good at that. I think we could. 
I, don't, I think we get some tricky ones for Eli and the Cincinnati Bengals one. And we also need to mark this as uh, you think Allen could be number one overall because if your predictions Ken. mean anything. Ken. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. With your predictions <laughs> right now, you're – you're one for one. On I'm one ones. for one. Yeah, we're not going to talk about my USC playoff pick, but I'm one for one in terms of picking that. We, we don't talk about that. I didn't make a TikTok about that. <laughs> Thank God you didn't make a TikTok about seven and five USC. I can't wait, Dalton, for us to make our playoff predictions and look how awful because we have to pick twelve teams next year. So there are way, way more variants in those next year. We're gonna look terrible when we look back on them, man. I'm excited for that. Um, should we do it? Should we do a thing like Lenardi with the bracketology? That would be sick. That would Yo, be sick. That would be now we're just sick. rambling. Sorry. We should just do we should do an episode of the offseason just like here are the 80 teams that could make the college football playoff this year. <laughs> that could be pretty fun. Like Don't every con- just... go every conference is like here's the And you you're yeah, and you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me why Syracuse is in the top twenty of them. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely would be. Syracuse is absolutely one of those teams that could make the college football playoff next year. They they could. They could. <laughs> it's a theory. It's a working theory. Dude, look at their schedule. Yeah, that that schedule is so easy. If they win ten games for the Ken with Kyle McCord, Syracuse legend. At quarterback, yeah, absolutely. They can win 10 games next year. But that's what we got for our episode of the top guys who are going back to college football next year, breaking down the Caleb Downs news as well, uh, Alabama uh, losing a ton of guys as well. But we're excited, man. We got a lot. As you can see, we have a lot of stuff planned for the offseason that we're excited to get into with you guys, hopefully doing a mailbag very, very soon as well. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're pumped to uh, to get into the offseason now with you guys. So for producer Eli back there, for Dalton Wasman, I'm Max Chadwick, and we'll see you guys next time.